professional voice. Check, 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 check. I think we're alone now. Yes. So, hey. Hi there. What's up? I'm Lynn. I'm Vicky. And we are... Telling on ourselves. What? 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 Yeah, we're back. This will be like episode 102. This will be episode 102. Oh, I can't believe it. I liked that. That was like a, I just had a sip of a coat. <laughs> I was thinking crowds going, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's up? What are we doing? Well, well, we are doing this fun thing today. We decided to do, because we're busy, we have very full lives this summer. Very. And Vicki um, is messing with me hard by recording yes, a little I'm video. While, while we're recording the podcast, we're also doing this video, and yeah. I'm just trying not well, to look at the Most podcasts phone. do videos the whole thing. Yeah, and I don't like it. I am not. I, I am having to do some hard work right here. Good job. <laughs> You're doing great. Talk, take me out of my comfort zone. So anyway. We decided to do two back-to-back, not two, we're doing back-to-back episodes, yes. two of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Vicki went first, and the other fun twist that we did to this was we each picked a topic, and we did not share that with each other ahead of time. Nope. So, you know, Lynn didn't get to prep. Yeah. And I like to prep. I like to do a little study. And I did studying for mine, but, it, you know, I was kind of off the cuff, and it ended up being fantastic. So yes. thank you. Good job. For bringing such a wonderful um, topic of shine the light. Yeah. So um, I will get right into it. And unfortunately, or fortunately, there's some backstory to this. Ooh, goody. <laughs> thank you. So um, I have had a week. Um, of appointments. It was one of those. I had doctor's appointment, just a yearly checkup, nothing major. And then therapist and then trying to juggle because I was busy with work and with some other things. So I feel like I did a pretty darn good job of listening to the universe this week and actually right now following through with what the universe wants me to think about. So when we were talking about um, about our topics it's kind of a two-pronged thing. The uh, general idea of today's topic is going to be creating healthy habits because that's a real big um, theme in my life right now. And you know I love habits. Exactly. Creating healthy habits. And then the second part to that is how we retrain our brains. And we've talked about this a little bit, and I am by no means even qualified or educated enough at this point to tell you more than just a few little blurbs that I've read, but it is so fascinating to me, uh, the neuroplasticity of our brains. And I've been talking about it with my new therapist, and then I was talking about it with my doctor. So those two things kind of are coming together for me this week. So that's why I want to talk about the habits. Love it. before I tell you the whole big thing, I'll just tell you, I found a great definition for habit that spoke to me. Um, A habit is a routine of behavior that is repeated regularly and tends to occur subconsciously. That's the key there, that it tends to occur subconsciously. So many things that we do, whether it is in an interaction with another human or animal, or if it's us brushing our teeth before we do the next thing before we leave the house. Because by the way, I brush my teeth right before I leave. I like to have beverages and do all the things in the morning before I brush my teeth. That's a habit. Those are habits. The, The other habit is our human interactions. Can I say something about brushing your teeth? Yep. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. Um, I heard on a podcast, of course, uh, that one of the ways to be more creative and use your, the creative side of your brain is to brush your teeth in the opposite hand. So if you normally brush it in the right hand, brush it with the left hand. And I've been doing that for, like I used to do that a lot. But 
it's weird that you're bringing this up because the last <laughs> three days I've been doing that. And like, it's funny because I'll be doing it, doing it, doing it. All of a sudden I'll change and I'll be in the right hand. When did it get in the right hand? I put it back in the left hand. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Very interesting. I like that. Um, <clears throat> okay. So I went to the doctor for my yearly checkup and... Um, we at at my age anyway, I go essentially just to get refills on prescriptions that I need. That's why we go. They do blood work and all the things. Um, I have been struggling with trying to lose a little bit more weight. My BMI, my body mass index, is a little bit higher than it should be for someone of my age range and all the things. And this is not a vanity thing. It really is just I'm trying to be health conscious. My dad and all of my grandparents died from heart disease. So that's kind of what I've inherited um, from the gene pool. The good news about that is that it is preventable. There's things that I can do with it as opposed to if you inherit cancer genes. There's not, you know, you can't be too proactive. So I feel very fortunate that I have uh, knowledge and time on my side to work towards this. And I, you know, working with older adults now, I want to live another 40 years and not just live another 40 years. I want to have another fantastic 40 years. So I'm trying to be proactive and do what I can do and get um, educate myself, ask questions, advocate for myself, you know, do all the things. So talking to the doctor and was kind of bummed out because the weight is just not moving. And we talked about, you know, one of the big things is menopause because your body basically stops producing. For women, we stop producing estrogen and it messes up a lot of stuff. It is such a finely tuned machine, our bodies, with with all the different hormones. And when one says, all right, I'm out, I've done my part, (laughs) it messes up the system. I mean, think about it. If you leave salt out of a stew, how's that stew going to be? It's not going to be the same as it was ever. It'll never be the same again. Um, It'll be different, not to say that it's not edible, but it's going to be real different. Right? Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> That's what's happening with my body right oh, now. Oh, no. Oh, and I said something about, um, when will this end? She goes, oh, no, this is the new you. It doesn't end. She's a few years older than me. So, you know, we kind of cackle about it. I'm like, funny, not funny. <laughs> Damn it. And then my body has really dug its heels in. It's setting a set point with weight. So that's why I'm like plateaued. And I know it's not just about the scale, but there are a lot of other factors that go into it. And I'm trying hard. So the reason this is important is because I am going to have to retrain my brain about a few things. Um, And it's not just um, what I eat, when I eat, how I eat now. I have to also think about all the other activity because I'm really busy at work. And I'm like, well, I get 17,000 steps to get my body jump-started because basically I need like a jump-start from jumper cables to get it going again. I'm going to have to switch a whole lot of things up. Wow. So tell me. Well, it's getting up in the morning and doing like a hit uh, workout, no, 20 minutes. It's just 20 minutes, people. And, do, and I was talking to my ladies at work because my older ladies, they this crew of women, they're so amazing. And they can go, oh yeah, and tell me horror stories. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop complaining now. But one of them, she was really commiserating about the weight thing because she does that as well. And I said, do you want to know the real reason I don't like to get up and exercise at home? This isn't going someplace, but just from home. I don't want to put a bra on first thing. And I kind of need to because <laughs> I need to. She's She does need to. <laughs> And, and it's a good thing. Yeah, I would hurt myself. So that truly is one of my, like, mm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> OMG. I know, I know. So that's got to that's gotta change, obviously. There's got to be comfortable sports bras. Are there? I mean... I bet they're expensive or something. It's not even that. It's just, yeah. It's just, it's. I, I don't know what it is. What about like a tank top thing you can sleep in? Oh, that's not enough. No. 
Not enough support. No, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, <laughs> girls with little boobies don't really understand yeah, the problem. Exactly. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, so that, that, you know, funny, not funny. I'm like, okay. So, got, <laughs> so then I go to my therapist on Thursday. <laughs> And I tell her about the medical stuff, and I'm kind of bummed, and I've kind of gotten over it. But I was, it was, it, I was a kind of in a funk for a day. I just, and that's I've figured out because that happened with um, the party when I did the food. It takes me that long to kind of go through it, and I'm not saying that I'm beating myself up. I'm not using negative talk. I'm just kind of in a funk, and it, it took me about a day to get over it. So. Two days later is when I went to the therapist, so I told her all this, and and she, you know, gave me some great suggestions. Because the other problem is I don't really eat enough at work. Ironically, I'm cooking all day and I don't eat because I don't have an appetite because I cook all day. Um, and then I get home and I make bad food choices. It's like I'll have my salad and then I'll have some ice cream and then I'll have some crackers and then I'll have some tortilla. You know, so it's all the things, and I deserve it because I worked hard. You know. All these things that we tell ourselves. 17,000 steps. I mean, what the heck? I could have 17 tortilla chips. (laughs) Exactly. And not feel bad about it. Come on. (laughs) So we talked about that and she gave me some great suggestions. And then I told her the other struggle that I'm still having is sleeping. And um, I often tell people, sleep and I have a very complicated relationship. Started a long time ago when I traveled a lot for work. And that's also when I started drinking to fix problems. And I didn't always just use drinking for numbing. I also use it to fix problems or to not think about problems. So sleep has Isn't been... Isn't that the same thing? I don't know. Numbing and fixing problems. I mean, I did the well, same numbing, thing. Yeah, numbing just to not think about it at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fixing problems. So tell me that line of thinking. To, to fall asleep, to pass out. Oh, okay. Because I had to work. I was traveling for work and oh, I'd have oh, like 12 oh, hour okay, days and I, I knew it. I needed to sleep and I was too hopped up. So that's the only way I could fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vicki. You know, I'm on a roll, so I'm not really thinking. Um, so to help me to clarify. Okay, so sleep was the main focus. So she started telling me some things I really did not want to hear. Um, number one being that um, our beds are only for sex and sleep. Think about that, people, for a minute. Our beds are only for sex and sleep. Woohoo! Uh, two things that I love. Right. So since I lived in Alaska, the living situations that I've had, I've pretty much lived in my bedroom for six years now. And now you have a different scenario, don't you? I do. I could choose to live differently, but my habit is going home, going in my room, crawling in my bed, eating my dinner, you know, all... Reading a book. You do everything in there. I do everything in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while peeling off these layers, guess what else I discovered? One of the reasons I do that is because, especially when I get home from work and I'm tired, I can hide and I don't have to talk to people because I'm tired and I don't want to put out any energy and I don't live alone. So I go in there to put up the wall. How about that? Wow, this is deep. There are are a lot of layers. It's so like, really, this woo. isn't this isn't a sharing podcast today. Apparently, this is just Lynn purging and showing you all the <laughs> showing you flashing everybody. So those were the things that my epiphanies, my light bulbs that happened this week for me. And so I started going back and reading and thinking about my habits and what I need to do, what I can do, what I'm able to do to start on this journey. And I will 
will tell you the sleep thing. Um, went down, got home from work, stayed downstairs, and about ten thirty, I'm like, huh, I'm kind of sleepy. Went upstairs, brushed my face, brushed my face, <laughs> <laughs> brushed my teeth, dry brushing, my dry brushing. I mean, I, that's a thing. I don't know what the, the I thing know, is. I know. Got ready for bed, got in the bed, went to sleep. Huh. How about that? How about that, people? So what time did you actually fall asleep? A little after 11. That's sweet. I know. Oh, I my know. goodness. <laughs> so, First try. Who knew? Maybe my therapist knew something. So now here's my big question. Did you bring the phone in the room? I do because I use it for my alarm, but I did not turn it on for anything else. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, doing a little bit of thinking and having to really process and absorb all this Stuff I almost said crap that I got to work on. It is kind of crap. <laughs> it is kind of crap. These are habits that I am willing to work on changing because I know it's going to be better for me. But I am not happy about it right now. Well, right. It's. Uh, I mean, it. It so correlates with quitting drinking. Yes. It so yes. reminds me of you have to change things in your life that you don't want to change mm-hmm. that you kind of like doing. Yeah. Like I like doing the bed. Like I like watching TV in bed. I like playing on my phone in bed. I like doing all that stuff. But as a friend, and so I take on your shit. Now I'm going to be like, "Mm." and what's interesting is Ken Mm -hmm. in his house, there is no TV. um, And when he goes to bed, he goes to bed. Right. And I, in my room, I have my tea, I have everything. So, and you know, when my habit started, this habit of doing everything in my bedroom was when my marriage started to fall apart. So it was when I was drinking. And even when I got sober and I would just literally come home, I don't think I used it right. I would come home and I would go all the way down the hall, you know, go to the bathroom, do whatever. And then I would do everything in my room. He would be in the front room watching sports. And then I would be in my room with the kids would come in or whatever. But yeah, that's been a habit ever since. I go in my room. I go in my room. Yeah. Ooh, but this juicy part is hiding from other people. Yep. And what's interesting is pretty introverted too. So it's not uh, like she's in your face no, at all. Not at all. You know, it's that's you just making it up. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk to people, but really she's awesome to talk to. She is. And a few times when I've gotten home and we've kind of been home at the same time in the evening and I've said... I'm sorry, I'm just, I don't have anything left. She knows, and she's very, very understanding about it. And before even, I felt like that I was like, I don't extra rude. So the next day I would, you know, I wanted to make sure that she understood, you know, understood that I was not being rude to her. It was nothing personal. She goes, you've told me before, it's fine. I don't take it personally. I'm like, okay. I mean, seriously, that's an awesome thing to have. And yet I still want to hide. I don't even want to have to say hello. So this is the question. Mm. Do you say hello now? Yeah. So I had to. (laughs) And do you like it? (laughs) Well, so what I did on Thursday night, my first night, the first trial, she and her friend boy, because they're not boyfriend, but friend boy, came in and we talked for a few minutes and I I said, which was true, um, I'm doing an online meeting in a few minutes and I was going to do it down here. I said, I can go upstairs if you're going to stay. And she said, no, no, we're on our way up. And I'm like, okay. So that that, (laughs) kind of But I did have a plan. I didn't make that up. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yay. But yeah, I'm still not liking it. I don't like it at all. It makes me all itchy. It makes me all itchy. But... Tell me, tell me more. I know you have prepared. She has has two books. She has... prepared. Um, Because we're talking about creating new habits. Yep. And uh, my my, um, therapist recommended this 
book, which is not about creating habits, but it is very powerful. Powerful. It's called What Happened to You, and it's co-wrote with Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Okay. And it's uh, the reason it's What Happened to You, they coined that phrase after people kept saying, what is wrong with you? In therapy, in, in a lot of different situations, people that came from trauma or had trauma responses, they were like, what is wrong with you? And they're like, no, let's find out what happened to you. So this is so big because one of the things when I work with clients and when I work with people and and when I am I'm, I'm very conscious of speaking to people there's nothing wrong with you you know deep down inside what's good you get to explore all the facets of yourself and and you're not broken Right. Just because you're working on yourself, same with the, in Alcoholics Anonymous, just because we are alcoholics and we can't drink anymore or we choose not to drink anymore doesn't mean we're broken. Right. It's so important. That just reminded me, and you said something in the meeting this morning about, I'm not crazy. Now, I may have some crazy thoughts sometimes, but I personally am not crazy. And I remember reading this interview with Glennon Doyle not too long ago. And she, one of her first interviews she did, I think after Love Warrior, one of her first, very first books. And she said, I think I was born a little broken. And she said, when she thinks back to that now, she's like, no, no, none of us are born broken. None of us. So, what it talks about and what happened to you is that. We know that trauma, when trauma happens to young children, they kind of internalize it, and that is the system they use to navigate life. Um, That's how they protect themselves. That's their ego. It's all the things. Well, this research that he has done, Dr. Perry, um, has actually been able to prove that it happens. You can have more trauma happen in the first two months of your life, affect your life trajectory than if you were to have trauma happen from the age of 5 to 12, seven years of trauma, the first two months are going to damage you more than those seven years because we're still developing developing as a baby and we're learning how to regulate. They call it regulating instead of balancing. So as a baby, um, if you have no one to answer your cries when you're hungry or your diaper's wet or you know you need to be held, any of those things, that is the reptile brain. So. I am so glad that I did all the things that people said not to do. Yeah. I, I, when I was a mom, I intuitively knew that I was not going to let my kid cry it out. Like, I, I'm not going to say I didn't try. I tried once, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that when they are baby babies like that, they slept with me. They were, I mean, I. That is one thing that I know that I did right. Is yeah. I was, I mean... All about them. Yep. So for the the babies that weren't fortunate enough to have a parent or a caretaker um, to do that. Yeah, for that them. wasn't a brag. <laughs> that was just like normally oh, no, when no. I hear these things about like parenting, I'm like, oh shit, I fucked that up. This is like the one time. <laughs> um, because isn't that what as parents, I'm sure parents want to, I mean, they don't have a Nobody baby going, I want to do, fuck them up. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Exactly. No. But but my point of this is that there's still ways to work through it. Um, it's figuring out what happened to you so that you know how to work on healing yourself and how to to form these new neuropaths with the neuroplasticity in your brain. And the other cool thing that happened with my doctor on Tuesday was we were talking about supplements and B12, which I've taken already, helps with neuroplasticity. 
So I'm telling y'all, the universe seriously was giving me like just throwing stuff at darts, me. Yeah, darts. You've got to you've got to talk about this. Um, so what happened to you is really it's um it's very dense in information, but I highly recommend it. We'll put it in our show notes. As I said, my therapist is one that suggested that I read it and. Um, Man, there's just so much stuff in there. And it's not just about our personal lives and how we're navigating. You may see things in other people that will allow you to have a little more compassion or patience. Ooh, that's really important. Yeah. That's really important. I agree. I agree. There's Frodo. Frodo agrees. Um, The other book that I kind of used as a little bit of a uh, resource was The Gifts of Imperfection by my Brene Brown, my hero. Yes. And um, they talk about, and here she's talking about um, how we embrace the things that society has told us aren't really great. Um, And she's talking about addiction kind of, but not really. And this kind of, uh, will blend into the habits that we're developing. It's called numbing and taking the edge off. Um, when we talk about how we dealt with difficult emotions, I heard over and over about the need to numb and take the edge off of feeling. And we use that so many ways. It's not just a drug or alcohol. Uh, people use it with food. They use it with shopping. They with use it phones. with sex, with phones. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on. And she said that addiction is about engaging in behaviors compulsively and chronically. And golf? Golf. To avoid. Yeah. Um, so when we are trying to cultivate new habits to have a more peaceful and serene life, I think recognizing, acknowledging is the first step. And so is she telling us there that we are going to have like the edge is we're going to feel the edges? Yeah. And that's what she was talking about. She said, good, not good and bad. Uh, sorrow and joy both have sharp edges. Yeah. So just think about that for a minute. They both have sharp edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you're just only in joy or like in ecstasy, I, I think ecstasy is better for me because I have a really um, different relationship with joy. But with ecstasy, if you're constantly seeking out ecstasy, it can hurt you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's big. It's a big thing. Yeah. And it takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Just like sorrow or, you know, sadness or depression does. It's big and it takes up a lot of space. And it's not sustainable. No. None of this is sustainable. No. But what we can do through developing healthy habits, retraining our brain with the the neuro um, neuropaths, right? Yeah, neuropath. Um, we can have that peaceful, serene life where we have room for the sorrow and the heartbreak and the sadness from losing someone or something or whatever it is in your life. And you also have room and space for the joy of that euphoria, of that ecstasy, knowing that it's not going to last forever. It's just for a little bit of time. And then we go back to our peace and serene, which they call regulating instead of balancing. Because I never really like the word balance. Uh, Balance to me seemed to be too judgy. (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. It's like, I want to find balance in my life. It's like, I'm never going to find balance in my life. But how can I regulate? I get too high or I get too low. How can I get back to a more livable, sustainable um, energy? And so what, what, what my, what's churning in my brain right now is this whole idea of we each have a set point of our where we are on the scale of like sorrow and joy. Yeah. And um, regulating 
And, and what it sounds like, you get to re-regulate your body with these new workouts because your body has gotten to this set point mm-hmm. that is unhealthy. Yep. So I think that happens to me emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. And I get to this, I mean, really can be can veer towards the depressive side. So it's like just shifting that set point. This is a really interesting topic. It is, isn't mm-hmm. it? There's a lot to it. And I knew it was going to be kind of um, a little convoluted, so I was hoping that I could kind of keep it a little focused, which I feel like we are focusing. Because I think what I keep going back to is what do I, what can I do um, to give myself... an um, Bree's the one that said it. Her her main goal right now is peace and serenity. And this, when I regulate, when I self regulate, um, I'm peaceful and serene. I'm feeling good about my body. I'm feeling good about the food that I'm putting in my body. I'm feeling good about sleep. You know, of of having that enough time to do the things that I want to do, but still be well rested so that I can show up in my life the way I want to, feeling good, not feeling tired all the time. Um, yeah. It's awesome. So sometimes I've got to do things that I don't. I'm not real excited about. Right, and and I'm not real excited about these right now. I might. I'll get back to you. But right now, not so excited. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> I could not go to bed without my phone. I know. Well, I'm I'm not there yet. And she said, you know, you leave another room. And I said, nope. <laughs> it's it's my alarm. And to have that anxiety of trying to depend on something else because that happened with traveling too. Because alarm clocks in hotel rooms, and this was you all know, the early two thousands. I um, I screwed up a few times with either uh, wake up calls or alarm clocks, so I started using my phone. It was even we had alarms before smartphones. I do recall that. So it's a long time going where that's one of my anxiety things is being able, you know, I've got to be up in time because I don't just naturally wake up early. Have you ever set your alarm wrong on your phone? Maybe, maybe three times in my life. I do it all the time. No, I check it a hundred times before I go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a thing. Yeah. This is a this oh, is a, a whole thing. big thing. It's a whole big thing, and I've gotten better about that. But I still double check it. Um, one time I didn't turn it on. I had it set, but I didn't turn it on. And the next morning I woke up and I'm like, "Did aliens abduct me?" <laughs> well, and also if you don't have your sound on, yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. I have it set so that the alarm because I never have a sound on on my phone, but the alarm sounds always on. I've worked. I've worked through all this shit. <laughs> so yeah, um, maybe one day I can get to where I don't have a phone in my room, but that's not happening anytime soon. And it's funny because you know we have like these non-negotiable. It's like I'm negotiating with my therapist for my mental health, for my well-being. I'm trying to negotiate. Like, I just want one bad thing. Like <laughs> I can have as much coffee as I want, just because. And and I do think though that there is something to that line of thinking because mm-hmm. in the beginning. When you first quit drinking, Mm -hmm. if someone would have said I had to quit smoking or quit coffee at the same time, I would have been like, uh, it's like you get to do one thing at a time. So I acknowledge you, I think as you get more into recovery and as you change more things, because anyone that's sober, you have done these things. You have changed the neural pathways in your brain. So woohoo, you are 100% capable of doing it. And I think what happens in recovery for me is I keep um, proving to myself that I can make positive change, that I can make change, period, that I can can do hard things, as our buddy Glennon Doyle says. And um, basically... 
what I see is you've gotten better at changing so much and you've changed so many things that now you can change a couple of things at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so big. But again, I'm not I'm not hit, skipping and hopping into this no. by any means. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I know it's for the greater good. Well, and that's why we do telling on ourselves. Because if we're not truthful, mm-hmm. like you could say, oh, I'm doing all these things. This is my goal. And then deeply, deeply have this anger brewing inside, that's when it turns into the resentment exactly. and that's when it eats you up and that's when you that's when you get the fuckets. Exactly. And I was just thinking about the people that curate this perfect life on social media, you know, everything, whether they're family, single, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's like their tenuous um, connection to having control is to, and I let go of that shit. Um, but I'm still trying to control how I'm going to sleep and it's not working. You know, it's, it was like with drinking. It's like, you keep doing it. It's not working. Why do you keep trying to do this? It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. So I I had to surrender to my doctor and to my therapist and say, I'm now willing to do whatever I need to do to fix this. So, you know, what earlier I was thinking about is, um, so all those shows about how bad our food is, Mm -hmm. I refuse to watch because I know that once I watch them, I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And um, but I know that I want to change that, and I'm really scared to see the magnitude of what I have to change because because of the cost, because right. of the time, because of the all the things, mm-hmm. right? Because it's easier to buy, you know, stuff that's you know, whatever, not good for you. But that's what I thought about when you were starting this is like, oh God, this is like me watching mm-hmm. the food stuff and knowing how bad it is. And like, right. uh, I have to, I get to see it. Yeah, it, It's like the delusion of our drinking. Mm-hmm. Because when we're drinking yes. every day, all the time, we know it's bad for us. We know it's not good for us, but the benefit, the ease we feel is better to us than the... Taking off those rough edges. Yeah, it's hard. This is hard stuff. So if you are sober, fucking A, you kick ass. Yeah, you can do hard things. You can. You can do hard things. Um, So you were talking about, what were you just talking... Tell me the thing you said before... Before the McDonald's thing or before the bad food? Oh, about the food. Um, What I was going to say about that is that... How do you eat an elephant? Yeah, one, one bite, bite at, at a time. time. So with the food thing. Who eats elephants, though? <laughs> like, I have elephant some weird a thing? visuals. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's our biggest, yeah. so, it's our biggest pachyderm. <laughs> did you ever see this movie? Um, oh, God, I don't remember what it's called. But the, the, in this story, I've heard it actually recently a lot. It's, you know, everybody, you can have 10 people around the elephant and they each touch a different part and they think one thinks it's a stank <laughs> and, and one thinks it's like a big wall or yeah. whatever. And um, and so, I don't know what I'm even talking about. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but this wasn't shining the light. I just like lost it. This was like 
Can't right. remember. Well, what I will say about the eating of the elephant is one bite at a time and with Vicky's food thing, um, pick one thing. Just like I decided, I talked to my doctor, I'm like, okay, this is what I need to work on because I really, before I can go on to looking at other ways I can take care of myself to have a longer, healthier life, this has to happen first. Talking to my therapist, what is really causing me stress so that I'm not being peaceful and serene? Sleep. So before I can do any of the other things, I need to work on my sleep. So Sleep like a baby. One thing at a time with your food, decide that you're only going to have organic vegetables or you're only going to have organic milk or, you know, one thing, not all at once. And that's true with everything we're doing in our life. It's like when you uh, decide to start exercising, you don't expect to run a 5K next week. Except it's not true with drinking though. Right. That is one caveat because if you, it's not like you can quit beer and not be an alcoholic and drink but, wine. But your example of you can still smoke cigarettes for a, a little while. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do all the things. Yeah, it's it's the greatest thing I ever did, the hardest thing I ever did. And all these things that come are so much easier because I was able to do this with drinking. Because we did a really hard thing. Yeah. We did something that I never in a million years believed that I could do. Not even a not even close to a, a sliver. Bazillion. No. And when people would say this is what life is gonna be like, I'm like, maybe yeah, for hell you. No. Maybe for you. <laughs> but I'm special and that will not happen. Um so going back to this habit building and creating a life that is peaceful and serene, which is my goal. Not, I know it's not everybody's, but that's just my goal, sweet Brie. Um, we do this thing in 12 Steps um, where we take a daily inventory. Yep. And she actually heard this in a meeting, and I love it so much that I want to share it, and I want to put this on the show notes as well. Okay. It's the A-E-I-O-U-Y, and it's... It's uh, directed towards drinking, and I'd never heard this before, a but it's e really life stuff. A-E-I-O-U-U. <laughs> Tell me if you want me to, you. Sorry. Um, a, have I been abstinent today? However you define that. I find it a little more challenging when it comes to things like food, work, and the computer, or the phone. But have I been abstinent today or this evening or tonight before bed? Whatever it is. Um, e is, have I exercised today? Move a muscle, change a thought. I, what have I done for myself today? Oh, what have I done for others today? You, am I holding on to unexpressed emotions today? And why, yeah, what is something good that's happened today? Isn't that awesome? And do that every day. Why is yay? Yeah. Yay! What is something awesome that happened today? Well, it's happening right now. We're making yeah. magic. We are making oh my magic. gosh, so many, so many, so many. This has been just a beautiful episode. And thank you for sharing your very like <laughs> vulnerable, intimate, thank you, you know, uh, journey and being transparent because it's not easy. Mm-mm. None of this is easy, especially when we talk about health and mental health. Yeah, um, that's a biggie. You're not alone. So if you feel like you need to talk, to send us an email, send us a DM. We definitely, if you have topic ideas, if you have comments about these episodes, we will engage with you for sure. But we will listen. Know that you know you're not alone. You are not alone, and yeah. if that's anything that we can share on this podcast, is you are not alone, and that you can we 
can do it. We can do hard things and we do it together. It's a we. Yeah. And we always say it's a we program, but really I think life is a we. Well, it goes back to the hive mind, mm-hmm. right? How interconnected when things are yeah. working and flow, when all of us are shining our light, when all of us are... Yeah. Our network. It, it's It runs so much smoother. Cool. Um <laughs> Thank you, Vicki, for being patient and letting me get through that kind of long, convoluted uh, topic heading. But I swear it was just, like I said, the universe all week was throwing darts going, this is really something you need to to explore a little bit more. I love it. I loved it. And it was, um, I love learning about this kind of stuff too. So thank you for being a good teacher. Thank you for being a good listener. All right. Well, you guys come on back in two weeks. We will be here. We are telling on ourselves. Tribe. Tribe out. Tribe out.